Trying to decide whether that new game is worth your $60? Or maybe you're just wondering if an old game is worth your time. Well, you came to the right place. This is the only podcast that tries to answer the question. Should I buy it, though? Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Should I Buy It, Though? And this week, we are very excited to be talking about SpongeBob, the Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated. <laughs> Woo! Oh yeah, Plankton. Crap. Uh, we're talking about uh, we're talking about the Last of Us Part Two this week, uh, and we definitely have a lot of thoughts. So we're excited. I'm Giancarlo Herrera. <laughs> I am Nick Palazzo. It's your boy TV's T Berry. I'm Amanda Facosta. <laughs> and I'm Nick Benetados. So, we're really excited to be talk- talking about uh, The Last of Us Part 2 this week. So, before we get started, rest assured, this is spoiler-free up until a point. That'd be spoiler-free. We are going free. to discuss the games that we can... Uh, we're going to discuss the points that we can talk about. And then we are going to do a preliminary vote so that you know whether you should or should not buy the game. And then, for those of you who do not care, have already played it, or are just not going to buy the game, we will go into spoiler territory after that point, and we'll be sure to remind you all. And we are doing this in part because our uh, our very own TV's T. Barry is, uh, is currently has not played the game. So he's going to be helping guide discussion a little bit, but uh, he's still planning on playing that. So he's going to nope out of here once we get to uh, spoiler territory. I'm with you, um, friends. I guess we should say how we experienced the game personally i played it uh i played it on stream and we're still streaming uh at the time of recording this we're we're doing daily streams right now we're playing through uh bioshock 2 and we're moving through that series um so feel free to check us out whimsic productions on youtube but yeah i i played it on stream over the course of two days basically took about 28 hours for me yeah um i played it uh with nick actually nick benetados um i was playing the game and he was watching me on a share play which if you don't know is a feature on the ps4 that lets you watch someone play a game and every hour you got to restart it but um we both experienced that game together oh god i didn't know you had to restart it every hour yeah oh that's that sounds (laughs) miserable if you're listening i need you to fix that bud jesus uh okay so benetados you watch palazzo yeah that's right. Every hour we had to reset it. Every hour something interesting happened and we Have had it. to uh, do it in the middle of that. So that was a bit annoying. I watched some of John Carlos streams and every time I tuned in, he was laughing or screaming. <laughs> that sounds very accurate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have not played the game. I watched bits and pieces of our stream and some other people's streams and some other review videos before today in preparation yeah if you want to see me struggle through all 28 hours of the game those videos are available uh in roughly 12 hour segments on our youtube channel uh so feel free to go through that if uh if the game doesn't sound like your cup of tea anywho okay so Let's start. <laughs> the technical Where should stuff. we start with this game? Tech- Let's start with some technical stuff. Um, how do we feel this game uh, was technically compared to The Last of Us? 
because I I had something that popped up continually, both for uh, uh, technical stuff and even some other points that I, I felt like was a recurring theme. But how do you guys feel? It's uh, it's beautiful. Honestly, I kept saying this over and over. It is one of the most beautiful games I've ever seen visually. Um, sound design was great. All the lighting, all the tech stuff was perfect. And th- that's been a Naughty Dog staple since around Uncharted 4. The, their visuals and tech department has been top of the line in the entire industry, I think. And um, yeah, it, it was gorgeous to look look at. I, I stopped in a few places in the game to just look at the scenery. And I'm like, wow, this is gorgeous. Yeah, I think technically the the main thing that I kept thinking was that everything about this game felt like a refinement of the original. So in many ways, especially since we did do a replay before coming into it, it kind of felt like we picked up where we left off. Particularly, the one that kept popping up for me was I think the uh, the sound designers did a fantastic job with this game. I'm not going to lie, I don't have very mom- very many moments in games where I stop and I'm like, wow, this is stunning. Like, I'll be walking through and I had a lot of like, oh, wow, that's very, very pretty. And like, you know, but games are games and you're limited by hardware and all of that. And I think you can appreciate uh, and I do think they did a lovely job with the visuals. But sound more than anything, especially playing with like a headset on, spatially was fantastic and just the attention to detail in like all the tiny, tiny sound effects, like not even just like music or dialogue, but like ambient effects, um, even tiny things as like, uh, and I guess I'll jump into this as well, but like sometimes you'd like loot a table and you it would knock over one of the items that wasn't like glued in place and you would hear the can roll on the table and then fall on the ground and like roll away. And those little sounds were just so, so uh, immersive that that really sold the experience. And it's funny because we were talking about this uh, not too terribly long ago. I don't remember why we were talking about sound. But, like, sound, I feel like, can usually sell bad visuals. And not that this game has bad visuals, but the sound is so good that it it just it adds something special to the package that almost felt unprecedented to me with the audio. Yeah, the audio, I completely agree with everything you said except for one minor thing it's not really a complaint of course steal like an artist mm-hmm. right but um in, in terms of the ambient sounds you could hear like little creaks above you you could yeah. hear like doors kind of creaking shut you could hear tiny things like that scurrying even if it's not from a zombie um uh, they <laughs> totally ripped that off from Resident Evil 7 and 2 in particular. Oh boy. I know I talk about it all the time, but that I'm going to ban you from talking about it. No, 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 no. <laughs> that game was, it, it, it kind of led video games to a new, almost a new place in audio design and ambient sounds. And I'm not knocking The Last of Us for doing it because that's a great way to immerse yourself in a game. But I couldn't help but think, wow, they, they took notes on that game last year. They definitely did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, only thing with sound, uh, not that Last of Us One had a spectacular soundtrack, but yeah, soundtrack wasn't really yeah. anything in this game, and I didn't expect it to because the first game didn't really either. I'm not even gonna lie; like, uh, I remember at the end of our review of The Last of Us, where we briefly touched on music, uh, Palazzo, you were you were talking about like the theme, and you were like, "Oh, the theme is so good." And I'm I'm yeah. gonna be completely honest with you; I struggle to ever remember what the theme sounds like. 
Really? Even in this game, when when the when the themes finally started playing again, I was like, oh, that's it. There it is. But like, it just music yeah. in this game did does not stand out to me. Not like in a bad no, no, way, no. but just it's not memorable. I agree. Yeah. Um, if we are talking about music though, um. And this is not a spoiler, I don't feel like, but there is a mechanic where you get to play guitar from time to time. <laughs> um, and I loved that mechanic. But the thing I loved about it is that they expanded on one of my favorite things about The Last of Us, which is a stupid tiny detail, but shaking to recharge the flashlight. Yeah. Like, little things like that where you use the hardware of the PS4 controller in creative ways are things I really love. And the fact that you use the analog stick to select the chord and then you actually strum across the touchpad was one of my favorite. Like, every time I got to do it, I was like, ah, that's so cool. (laughs) I can't wait to see Smash Mouth played on that mechanic. (laughs) Oh, for sure. I think there's already a YouTube channel that's doing uh, covers uh, using the the game. Um, They got their money's worth out of that mechanic. I'll say that. (laughs) For sure. If I knew how to play instruments any better because i've forgotten every instrument i've ever learned how to play uh i would have absolutely tried to play something on there but i don't so and the the original song of the game there's one original song i I really enjoyed that it's still stuck in my head um there's not a lot to it it's basic but hum it hum i thought it 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 was good give give us the palazzo rendition of the song (laughs) yeah because i can't remember yeah uh, oh, oh, yes. Okay, wait, stop, 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 okay. stop, 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 stop. <laughs> Yes, yes, that's all. I thought you meant like an instrumental. Okay, spoilers. Nah. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, I love that song. Um, that's a lovely moment in the game. Yes. Uh, we can, yeah. you can sing it for us on the way out of the episode in the I will, section. I will. Oh, that's a Pearl Jam song, by the way. If you I know. know that. Okay, just yeah. checking. And Pearl Jam, you can find their album hanging on a wall. They're the yeah. only real uh, album. The only real one? Everything. Yeah. Yeah, I said original, hey, but... they're going to fight all the zombies and try to save a boy, Joe. <laughs> what I meant was the use of the song in the game was very unique yes. and well done. No, I agree. Ridiculous. I agree. Every time I heard the, the chord starting, I, I had a, like, oh. Yeah. Mm. Um, okay. How do... Okay, controls. Because, again, the thing that I kept coming back to with this game is that it just felt like a like a really lovely refinement on the original last of us so and one of the moments that really made that stick out for me was the first time i used the menu like when you use the d-pad to select items it's exactly the same as the last of us but design wise it got cleaned up so nicely and i could not stop obsessing about it pretty much like even my like 28th hour of the game i was still like wow this is so clean i love whoever did this Whoever, whoever cleaned up the design for this little inventory selection. Like, <laughs> and so I feel like that translated a little bit into uh, controls as well. Like one of the, the nitpicks that we had, which was, I think, a bigger gripe, was like corner takedowns and stuff yes. like that. Uh, and in this game, it is so much easier to, to do your stealth takedowns on people. It's easier to move them around. Uh, it's it's more predictable the rules are defined in this game and you know how everything's going to react to you and how it's going to work and that feels so much more satisfying than something like the original last of us where you crawl you sneak up behind a guy and even though you're doing it perfectly you still don't know if it's going to work out in your favor or not here you know if you're going to fail 
you know if you're going to succeed. And the game gives you plenty of warning, you know, be it with the like sounds when you're about to get spotted or whatever it is. But everything is clear and defined, I feel like. Um, I don't know how, you, how it felt for you. Mixed thoughts on the gameplay. I do agree that the refinements to the first game were a, a much needed addition to this game and they did it well adding things like going prone was great i, oh, I love that yes. feature a lot and you could dive into a prone position as well which mm-hmm. is really cool metal gear yeah yep. almost like yep, that yep, yep. and stealth was much easier because of the corner takedowns um what i don't necessarily love is that um and this was kind of a problem with the first game where after a while Nothing really new or exciting happens to make me continue to love the mechanics as the game went on. It got repetitive to me, and a lot of things became overused. And another point you made was everything was... um, Oh, what word did you use? There were rules set into place that you could understand in the world. Predictable is what you said? I guess, like, you you understood how the world was going to react to you. Right, yeah, to that point. Not always, because there was an issue this time. Clickers are in the game, obviously. They're a return from the first game. And there were times I would stand completely still. Completely still. Now, clickers, if you don't know, they can't um, see you, but they could hear you if you make a lot of noise. A clicker would walk into the room. And then the little fuzzy sound would start playing that indicates an enemy is seeing you. And yeah. clickers would do that from time to time. It happened a lot in the second half of the game. And I'm like, why is this happening? Like, they shouldn't be able to see me. And I couldn't figure it out. And it didn't happen Are all the sure time. you sure it was the clickers? It was 100% the clickers. Yeah. I even made a comment to it to Nick. Like, uh, why is this happening? That I'm not moving. I'm not making a sound. And that frustrated me. It made me seem like, oh... They put a bunch of these rules out here about the world, but hmm. they didn't like stick with it in certain moments. It was very, uh, very weird to me. I don't know. I did not encounter that. In, in fact, I encountered that in the first game. Really? I would have enemies aggro on me randomly when like there was no reason why they should have aggroed on me. I did not encounter that in this game, but that's interesting. Yeah. And, um,. Oh, there's a couple other things. The safe mechanic, like opening safes <laughs> in the world. At first, I thought it, it was pretty clever. I it. Um, yeah. and, and the puzzles where you would like have to find a different entrance into a room because the door was locked. I enjoyed mm-hmm. that a lot. Um, but again, they kind of almost ripped it off from Resident Evil of find a clue in the world, go back to the safe and open it. But it was also um, Nick. You could go into it more because you had a problem with it. But partic- it was dumbed down a bit. There was that particular one where I knew I didn't even know the safe existed. I just saw a calendar, and the calendar just the I guess the font was just so clear on the calendar. That I'm like, that's gonna be a code for a safe. And then was sure it the enough, anniversary. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that one. I just saw the calendar. Didn't even look at the details. I just, the font itself. And then I was like, mm-hmm. that's going to be used for a safe. He's like, oh, okay, let's take a look. I'm like, yeah, you see, there's an anniversary circled there. That's going to be the fucking code. And then we found the safe after that. And then we found the note for if you still don't get what's yeah. going on. And uh, A lot of the that's... times they would just give you the answer. And I didn't love that. Although that was in the first game too, though. So they just kept doing... They didn't basically. I think this game they just added way more safes. Um, like they were in pretty much every area. Uh, 
And honestly, I feel like the safes were a little more well done in this game, for, in, in my experience. Because I did, I think I did two or three safes in the original game, and then after that, like, it was just so obtuse, because a lot of times it was, you would find a note in, like, a completely different room, and you would have to, if you, if you found the safe, you would have to backtrack, but a lot of times, like, I just didn't even, like, know, or I would find the safe and never find the note. In this game, like, yeah, it was made easier, like, very much so. Uh, there were some where you had to backtrack a bit, but, like, generally speaking, they were kind of more self-contained. But I liked it because it told a story a little more. They used it more for, like, the same way that they use notes to, like, tell stories in the world. Because a lot of times you would find the the the, the, can, uh, the pin pad in, in notes. I feel like they it was a cool way for them to do like little self-contained stories. Like I didn't view it as a huge challenge. I view it more as like a I was like, "Oh, this is cute." Like, you know, you find out oh, the anniversary or the people who were in the apartment with the neighbor, like all of this. Like it's just it gives you incentive to explore the world a little more, which I thought to me felt smart, if a little obvious at times. Speaking of exploration, how did you feel about the um well, two things, really. First is a small thing, the rope mechanic that popped up okay. occasionally <laughs> and the um, quote-unquote open areas of the game. Uh, the rope, I thought, was a good idea. Uh, I thought it was a little janky in execution at times. Um, not, like, painfully so, but you that was one of those things where it feels like you have more freedom than you do. Um, and so I was trying solutions that maybe were very very similar but not exactly right uh and i it, it would stump me for like a minute or two because for example there's one where you're trying to enter a building uh and you're like you're in an opening room and you're trying to progress further into the building uh but that door is locked so then you pick up a rope and you're supposed to throw it through a, a hole in the ceiling into the other room so you can climb up onto the roof and then go down mm-hmm I was doing that, but I was throwing it from outside the building in so that, like, it would loop around the window and into the main room so I could climb up. But the game wanted you to throw it from inside the room out, and it wasn't working. Even though, like, in real life, I suppose that should have been fine. Um, So I ran into little things like that. And you were saying the open areas? Yeah, I don't want to... It's not really a spoiler, but I don't, I don't want to talk about it just in case people don't know about it. It's, I, I, I think it's sufficient to say that there is, at points in the game, you uh, you have a map of some sort. That's not like, you know, that's a standard mechanic in games. Yeah. Um, and you have the option to explore more than just the objective. Yes. Uh, I thought it was fun. Again, I thought it was a, it was a cool way to add incentivized exploration of the world. I have a few things that I thought about it, though. Um, one of the things that I thought was weird is that there were a lot of times where I entered buildings that were, like, clearly optional, and I got weapon upgrades. Like, I got yep. a shotgun. A shotgun. Or something. And I'm very curious. Like, I don't know. If you never enter that building, do you never find that weapon? Like, that was a... I kept asking that throughout the game, because yeah. I didn't know. I really? asked myself that as soon as I got the shotgun. I think I said to Nick, I'm like... Wait, if I never came here, would I have missed the shotgun? It seems like such a yeah. crucial weapon to like just kind of breeze over. But maybe at a different point in the game, they force it. It might just upon give you. it to you. Yeah, but I, but I don't know. I, I just don't know because yeah. I did explore that area as well where I got it. You know. Yeah, I I will say that I 
to the best of my knowledge, I think I explored every inch of this game. Like, if you if you watch the streams, and this is a good thing and a bad thing, I enjoyed the exploration, I enjoyed when I was rewarded, and I think there were cool environmental stories, because that was something I loved so much about The Last of Us. I loved reading all of the notes, I, and I love following these threads, and, like, the way they introduce characters 15 hours before they show up. You know, like, stuff like that. Um, I think it really enhanced the experience. Uh, the downside that I found... Uh, and I think I was more self-conscious about it because I was streaming, which I didn't necessarily want to do with The Last of Us, um, was that I feel like 75% of my gameplay was me looting cabinets. Yes, absolutely. I was going to say that is my one of my <laughs> major, major gripes with the gameplay. 70% of that game was either walking or and talking with your companions, which... They did in The Last of Us 1. They do it in God of War. They do it in a ton of other cinematic uh, games. But in this one, it just seemed like that was all I was doing for a while. And Mm -hmm. uh, eventually that, with the combination of looting nonstop, killed the pacing of the game for me. Yeah. At first, I was super interested. At the beginning, yeah. I was because the first 15 hours, I'm like, okay, there's um, differences in gameplay. It's cool. I'm on board. But after a while, it started to wear on me in addition to like another complaint I have that I'll go into it later. Um, yeah. But uh, oh my God, it, it just it bored me after a while. Yeah. And yeah, pacing killed me too. And I'm aware, you know, I was backseat gaming, so that probably <laughs> had something to do with it. Yeah. Uh, Lost my train of thought. Whatever. <laughs> so. I get it. Um, I I like the sections where you're walking and talking with the companions just because I, for the most part, I feel like the characters in this game uh, and the new characters that they introduce, for the most part, are interesting and compelling and I wanted to learn more about how they related to Ellie. Um, so now we reach, because uh, uh, my okay, caveat is... I got it. The pacing yeah. thing. I was yeah, just going to say, you, oh, yeah, it, every the pacing, it felt like every hour uh, we were shaking. Uh, yeah, we had the share play thing. And it was mm-hmm. coincidence huh, that every hour uh, is when something interesting happened. Every hour feels like we're shaking the game for it to wake up again because it's gotcha. just so bland. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. That stuff. I, um, I do think there is a point to that, though. And I think there is a point to also how you said that. Uh, some of the mechanics got stale because they got introduced and like you didn't necessarily get new stuff. And we can discuss this without going into spoiler territory. Um, but it's one of the things where the game either succeeds or fails. And the thing is, uh, I was not aware because again, I went into this game completely blind. But the tagline that they sold this game with is that it's supposed to show the never-ending cycle of violence in the world. Right. Um... And so, I think this game, what Neil Druckmann was attempting to do, was to show you that never-ending cycle and how it feels. I think it was more of a narrative goal that is accomplished through gameplay than uh, than to say, oh, I have these really cool gameplay moments Uh, And I'm going to come up with a story to fit it. I think he's like, I have this message I want to get across. And I'm going to use the gameplay to make the player feel it. Uh, And I think that is why there is... uh, Maybe not the looting. I think the looting might just be us not being willing to just move on with the story without exploring every inch. But, like, with the combat. uh, One of the things... uh, for, For those of you who don't know, our 
patrons on on Patreon get uh, 24-hour impressions reviews that we do. And so when I did mine, uh, I was about 15 hours into the game at that point. And at that point, I said that you should buy the game. But one of my concerns was that it started to feel like uh, the combat was just an obstacle and it wasn't there to service the story. Like in the first game, there are moments where, for example... Uh, you know, you're in combat as Joel and you're getting pinned down and then Ellie comes down and saves you. But the fact that she had to kill that guy becomes, then leads into a cutscene. And then that cutscene affects, uh, both future cutscenes and dialogue, as well as how she reacts to you in gameplay. And so it felt like they were interchanging and and weaving together. In this game, at the end of 15 hours, I was worried that combat was just an obstacle to get the story. However... In hindsight, as I finished the game, I realized that, no, that was the point. I think the point of a lot of the game, or at least that early section of the game, where you say that like it starts to feel kind of stale, is to exhaust you. And it's to show you that that never-ending cycle of violence. Because for me, it was like wave after wave after wave after wave after wave after wave of enemies. And like it never lightened up to the point where I just, I didn't want to fight anymore but I didn't see an alternative to escape without doing the combat. And so I was like, oh my freaking God. And then when I finally got to like the next piece of story, it kind of made sense because I I was here thinking like, I'm exhausted. I can't go on anymore. Like, how is this character going on anymore? Uh, as a person who's actually living this in the world, like, how are you going to go on and do it again uh, in the next section? But it makes a point of showing that like, you're worn down and all of that. So I, I, I think, and that's where this game toes the line. I think it sacrifices uh, um, being pleasurable in gameplay to make its point narratively. So that's so. Go ahead, Nick. Go ahead. It's just you're really you're walking the line here when you force the player to do something they don't want to do. Yes, that is not to me. You're, I'm. It's very small chance you can do that and it work mm-hmm. in your favor this i'm i'm sure there's some that can you got to be careful doing that though yeah this whole game is forcing the player to do things they don't want to do but we'll go into that later <laughs> yeah, yeah later. but uh, to your point um i agreed past tense i agreed with everything you said for the first 15 hours. 15 hours. I'm talking of the game. about specifically the first 15 hours. I'm not talking about anything beyond that point. Because I, when I put my 24 hour thoughts too, I'd only played about uh, five, six hours of the game up to that point. And in that video, I said, this is great. The visuals are great. Yes. The gameplay is great. It's an improvement. I love it. But after a while, I figured the game out. After about yeah. the third encounter, I'm like, oh, I see what's going on here. And the message might have been to exhaust you, but they didn't handle it correctly for a couple reasons one there's still the issue of it's not a relentless enemy after enemy after enemy in each area it's only when you're in an encounter that that happens there's hundreds of enemies in one little section but then you go on to the part of looting 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 walking talking only to get to the next encounter which is also exhausting of oh i gotta do this thing again um stealth my way kill 100 enemies i'm bound to screw up at some point then i have to engage in combat combat waste a bunch of ammo die and do it all over again and to that point yeah the encounters were exhausting until later in the game Mm -hmm. again i figured out 
every single encounter, to my knowledge, is meaningless when you figure out the trick of there is a way out of every single encounter. There is a back half of an encounter where you could run through the middle of the section, yes. get to that location, and skip the whole thing. And that is something The Last of Us 1 played with, but didn't exactly do it to the extent that this game did. I think uh, th- th- there's a few things you said that I kind of want to hit. Because when I say, when I was referring to the wave after wave after wave, like the exhausting thing, that to me was a very specific chunk of the game. And it okay. was not between walking and talking. Because um, the walking and talking, like that might have felt boring because you were doing a lot of looting in between. But the the chunk that I am referring to is a few hours of the game where, for whatever reason, you are alone at this point. You are a lone character. Okay. And you are barreling through combat, 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 combat. Because I remember the the encounter would end. Because, yeah, it sets up the arenas, right? And the combat would end. And I'd go, okay, cool. Let me go through this door. I'll loot whatever's here and we'll keep moving. And the moment I went through the door, it was a new arena of people. Um, it was arena after arena after arena and there was no talking because no one was there. Uh, there was looting, I guess, after you finished the encounter, if you wanted to, which I did, but like, other than that, it just felt relentless. And I do think those sections of like running away from the encounters, I found those later in the game, but, and I'm sure maybe there was a way to do it in that section, but I could not find a viable way to do it in that section. Cause I tried, cause I did not want to fight anymore and I couldn't find a way out. Um, later in the game, I do think there are a lot of those moments and I actually, I liked that because depending on like how you went through it, I, it's another moment of that, like the shotgun, like, Oh, how many different ways is there for this to go? Like, you know, if you never do this, does this happen? Because a lot of times, like I would set, you know, a swarm of zombies on me and I would just start running and then you would lock the door behind you and like, you would just hear them banging. And I was like, huh? But, like, what if I just killed them all? I was like, is there no way to kill them all? But then later in the game, I was fighting people, and I killed everyone, and I went through the door, and then she, like, frantically locked the door behind her. And I was like, there's there's no one there. Like, there wasn't even noise or anything, because everyone was dead. And I was like, huh. So the game kind of expects that later, but, again, because I think this game is divided into chunks that are telling the same story, but using different tactics to mm-hmm. to make you feel certain ways. Um, and I found that that was present in, in later sections of the game. I think that speaks to the game's, um, faults though, where I, I think you saying, I just didn't want to fight anymore. Part of that could have been the exhaustion, but that also could have come from the, this combat is just not as interesting as I thought it was at the beginning of the game. Because again, and I thought of this in the last of us one in this game, the whole time I was thinking this is just uncharted enough for me to rather be playing uncharted because in that game you could stealth or go into full-on combat in an encounter as well except it's fun both ways and um the way they handle numbers of enemies in a group and uh gunplay and stealth play it never gets old or boring um same thing with traversal like they have a rope mechanic in uncharted 4 as well And obviously it's an adventure game, so your hero and that could do a lot more than a realistic game can handle. But um, it it just didn't reach quite the levels of fun after a while. At the beginning, I liked it, but it it just wore on me after half the game. 
I thought the combat was supremely fun, and I thought uh, um, to bring something back from our, our last review, I they did a really nice job of giving you more options in combat, like being able to attract zombies to humans. There's a few sections where yes. you can do that, and yep. I was very happy to see that that showed up. I, I think the combat felt more varied. Uh, they give you more options here, and to me, the combat felt better overall. I really like the combat. The problem is, and again, in that particular section at least, um, it was just so long and there was nothing else. And I don't think that necessarily speaks to a problem with the mechanics. I think it's just the relentless amount that you are, that you are facing. And like I, you take too much of anything and you're going to get exhausted. And, and to me, it was just it was the fact that it was too like dangerous. Like, you know, it, it was just too much to put like Ellie through. Like I was here and I'm like, you're killing people after people after people. And, you know, potentially you're dying and you're. You're going through all of this, and I'm like, how is she surviving this? Like, I, I, I just want her to like to be okay. I just, I just want to get her out of here. I want her to have a nice cutscene with someone, and then have a partner to to face the combat with. But in that section, being alone and being swarmed by like uh, essentially hundreds of people, like it just, it, it, it was so much. And especially in this game, to give a little sidebar, I guess, to talk about the the companions. I feel like the com- the companions are. Um, are very good in this game. They're very useful. There were so many times where uh, we'd be in combat and like I'd be taking someone out and they'd be taking someone else out on the other side of the room and I'd be like, thank God. Like I, I just I was glad to have someone competent fighting with me and people that I liked and that I wanted to talk to and get to know. I don't think we had competent comrades. I remember um, <laughs> characters yeah. congratulating the like we did a great job. We, we, you didn't do it. You just stood there. We, I killed them all, or Palazzo killed them Did all. Did you, how, okay, how was, uh, I'm curious, maybe it's just a difference in approach, how stealthy were you guys overall? Um, at first, very, until I realized this game is exhausting and stealth isn't a viable option, then I immediately turned to dumping all my ammo on an- enemies, and in hard mode, doing that is <laughs> difficult. Um, and I think hard mode, maybe it affected the AI of our companions, because they weren't firing bullets maybe they barely were um but um one thing i do want to praise regarding enemies is the um, they how interactive they were in regards mm-hmm. to the world like when you would shoot like a a limb essentially yeah. you, you shot off someone's the leg with a shotgun off. they would yeah. they would scream and like almost grab it and and eventually, like, pitter out and die. And you yeah, could hear yeah. their companions being like, oh, shit, Maria, no. And yeah. reacting to each other. I'm like, oh, that's super cool. Yeah. And- I, I, I really love that. And it, even if you if you enter listen mode after you've, like, shot someone's arm off, they stay white while they're dying on the floor. Even though, like, they can't do anything. Even though they're essentially dead. Just the game shows you, like, yeah. as their life goes out, they dim out. And I thought it was super cool. And there's an enemy type that, um, without spoiling it, they could track you mm-hmm. and um, where you're going at a certain point. And that's frustrating, too. But uh, the, the thing I wanted to praise is if you kill that enemy type, it's a lot more tragic because <laughs> other characters respond to that as well. And um, I always killed that one last because since the other characters responded, I would shoot. Okay, this is... It's not a spoiler. They're dogs. <laughs> okay. There are dogs in the game that you can kill if you want to. Uh, and I think if you kill the dog, like the people start crying. I always killed the person first because the the people can shout. 
So I would kill the person, and then the dog would start crying, and then while he was crying, like, obviously no one's hearing that, so then I would kill the dog. Uh, I will, uh, if we're talking about specific, like, enemy encounters and stuff, this is where I kind of don't want to give some away, but there are some really cool boss-type encounters, uh, mm-hmm. that I thought were really well done. I, like, every time, whether it was an old enemy coming <laughs> back for the first time, or it was, like, a new type of enemy showing, showing up, I thought they made a cool, they did a, a really good job of making it feel like a meaningful encounter. And then maybe after the <laughs> fact that wasn't the case anymore, but... At least that initial like meetup always felt like a like an exciting encounter to me. So, Nick, if you want to talk about this, you can. But all I'm gonna say, John, is uh, you should play Resident Evil because I think you would like it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. Yep, we got some Resident Evil bosses up in here. Yep, uh, and them I think with I know which one too. you're talking about, but I'm also referring to the one where uh, yeah, we have somewhere enemy from the old game. You dump all your ammo just to realize that the solution was you were supposed to die or lose. What? Yeah, there Not was one die, encounter but... where I dumped all my ammo into a boss type enemy. They grabbed me. I'm like, oh, I'm dead, and then I got saved by my companion in a cutscene. Oh, that's not I. Hmm. If if or that like, happened, I mean, I'm sure it happened because it's a cutscene, but like, I did not in- experience at least not to that level, like anything like that. A lot of the ones that I'm talking about, you face by yourself and you kill the enemy. Like, yeah, those are the it, ones. I'm to that respect, about. too, is they were both yeah. Resident Evil bosses and how you go about fighting them and how they interacted with the world. Like one of them busted through a wall. I'm like, oh, there's Mr. X from Resident Evil Two, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's fine if games like. Uh, recycle that but they, they need to make it their own too I can't just look at that and be like this is a direct rip off of that game um, there's but a- I think that's also like that's common to a lot of video games that kind of boss uh, maybe I think what made it meaningful was like the, the environment it's set in and the way they're skinned and, and like created and like co- contextualized in the world but like as far as the like the actual mechanics of the boss, I've seen that in a million different games for all of them. It's very hard to be like truly unique nowadays, but I think in context it, it felt important. And like whether it was because you knew it from the old game or because it was something new or whatever, you know? Well, I think if we're talking about games that use other ideas from other games it's impossible to avoid that because there's so many great ones out there you're bound to repeat a mechanic but that's what sets this apart from something like god of war where god of war was a gumbo pot of a bunch of different mechanics from different games but it was still unique enough um to where i'm like oh but this is god of war's identity as well despite similarities to other games i feel like the whole time this game didn't quite have its own identity even within its own studio because a lot of mechanics were just halfway uncharted you know i'm i'm surprised you feel so strongly this way because to me at least i felt like the world was still very vibrant and everything was still contextualized really well and i mean i don't because like we're saying like everything is stolen because so much has been done like in gen just in in general and in this industry like everything you're gonna see has been done before but i thought i never felt like this game was unoriginal in like a glaring way like i didn't feel it didn't nothing felt out of place like the, the encounters felt good to me so that, it's interesting that 
we had and the things that were original were from the last of us and i thought that gameplay didn't reinvent the wheel so to that respect it was either a ripoff or uninteresting to me really wow we have very different experiences then because another thing i said in my 24 hour impressions was the fact that uh to me the game felt like the moments where it did shine like for example um there's a moment where they bring back uh the uh the stalkers right uh but they've Mm. kind of redesigned them a little bit to make them scarier and it's like they make a point of it um and like that moment and and a few other moments as well but that moment especially um it was the scariest moment across the two games like to me it felt like every time the game shined it shined it's shown way brighter than the original like all of all of the the high points in this game were the highest in the franchise is how it felt to me. See, the stalkers were my least favorite enemy type because I hated I th- fighting them. But environmentally, like ambiance and like how it felt, it felt super effective. At least initially, like at first introduction. But yeah, I thought they were going to be that at first introduction, but they frustrated me more than scared me or made me feel a certain way because I feel like the the game was breaking its own rules again. Why are zombies intelligent enough to? Um, I don't want to spoil what they do, but how are they intelligent enough to do the things that they do to me? I, yes, definitely. I will say they set them up at the very beginning of the game. In one of the trailers, you can find a newspaper from when the outbreak started and it describes the different stages of the disease. Mm-hmm. And stage two describes the stalker behavior. And I, in my head, I was like, is this a new, is this a new enemy type? Because I don't remember this. And then when they finally showed up, I was like, ah, okay. So they're recontextualizing the old enemies in, in this way. It was a retconnex. And yeah, to the point of stage three, it was a ripoff of one of their own enemies, the bloaters. It was pretty yes. much the same exact enemy. That... Yes, but they made them less tanky so that then you could when have you... different boss encounters that felt more important because you've already been introduced to the the baby bloater right um and i think it's okay in that since you're in a different region like they make a point of being like oh this is what what is that you know um so i didn't hate that and but in my head i did think i'm like okay these are the bloaters one thing i loved um i i keep shitting on the game i want to give the things that i i do like uh was like you said, you could use zombies to attack human enemies like you did in the DLC for The Last of Us, mm-hmm. which I love. Um, there was another mechanic towards the end of the game where you could do that as well, but in a different way. And I adored that. I wish they used yeah. it more throughout the game, but I adored that as well. And then the final thing I'll say on that point is um, there is warring factions between humans in the game. Yeah, And I love that when they do that in storytelling. And it was cool to watch that play out from a gameplay perspective and a narrative perspective. I just don't think they went far enough with it. I I agree. I was curious because uh, this game leaves a lot of threads dangling until very late in the game. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how is this going to get resolved? And then certain things are introduced in a way that you realize you're like, okay, it's going to be resolved because you care about this, but maybe not in like a big super action hero way it's going to be resolved in a way that feels meaningful to your story but like you know the world is the world and the world is going to do what it does yeah um but i like i remember very late in the game i was just like i don't know how 
like where's this going like how are you yeah and if we're if we're not going to progress into the later sections of the game because most of what i've been saying now has been stuff that you see in those first 15 hours yeah uh talking about the way that the game is relentless and it sometimes makes you do things you don't want to do to get its point across without spoiling anything uh the back half of the game is the worst i have ever felt playing a video game in my life Agreed. i had very intense visceral reactions to it um something about the gameplay shifts they do they make you do something differently uh it comes at like a peak moment where you're like oh my god and then the gameplay shifts and i wonder how long is the gameplay gonna stay like this uh is is my question because at first i go okay because i i did not want to do it from the from the onset i hated it from the moment it happened and then i was like well if it's short you know if you just do that because i kind of saw what they were doing and i went okay if you do this and this and this you can get your point across we can get over with this and you can let me go back to playing the game the way i want to play it however it turns out you play almost half the game in that manner and it felt awful the entire way through. I never once was able to get over the fact that I didn't like what I was doing. And it it deeply, deeply upset me. It uh, got to the point where it was offensive. And I'm like, I don't want to do this. I want to put the game down and just not play this out. It, I it got to that I, point. If we weren't doing the show, like if I was a layman, just like playing the game for playing the game. <laughs> there's a possibility that I may have just not finished it. The reason I went through with it, aside from the show, is uh, I needed to see how it ended. Because after they started doing certain things, I was like, I have no idea how you are going to wrap this game up. Mm-hmm. I have no clue. Because there's a very obvious answer that you're like trying to lead me to believe, and I hope that's not it. But I just don't see too many alternatives like i can imagine a few and i don't like any of them but it makes you keep doing that thing that you hate and the the problem with that is because it it does kind of make its narrative point but the problem is that it shows its hand way too early it mm-hmm. shows its hand from the first second that you start that and even from even other things like other narrative things Early in the game, something happens, and I knew from the moment it started, I called, like, what the twist for that little thing was. Yep. Um, and so, the since the game has shown its hand, and I don't like its hand, but it continues to make me do that, like, play the way it wants me to play for, what, 10 hours maybe? If not more? Then it really, really sours the experience, because I don't want... I don't feel good at any point. I will say, to its credit, the narrative ends up wrapping up, you know, once the game is done, it wraps up better than I expected. And I say this because I was expecting, there was a really obvious easy answer that I really, really did not like. And I thought they really made me think we were going that route for a second. And then I kind of just didn't know. And I think what this game ultimately does is it doesn't satisfy you. But I think that's the point. It doesn't want to satisfy you. But I don't think that it does... It doesn't do anything overtly stupid. It's just highly, highly unsatisfactory. And the fact that you went through 
so much stuff that you didn't like to get there really makes you call into question whether you want to play the game or not. That's as much as I can really say yeah. before we go into spoiler territory. I'm still I, on technical stuff over here. Oh, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> um, so zombie combat we found the most boring, right? I think. Um, Palazzo. Um compared to human combat. I, I yeah, but that's a praise I want to give it. I think they made humans scarier and more interesting, and that's what I wanted from the first game. So to that extent, yeah, I remember I liked you it, saying that specifically. But but uh yeah, zombie combat still was not all that interesting to and me. And it's made even easier now cuz shivs were no longer uh a requirement. So uh clickers became just another zombie that you can stealthily take out and not worry about mm-hmm. losing resources. Um humans, yes and no, oh. but yeah yeah, I, I know. I know it's you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, for humans, I just find really funny that from the same company that this juxtaposition of Nathan Drake thoughtlessly killing thousands of people and his uh through his stories, and in this game, uh, they want you to know you are killing human beings because we. I have... think that's fine to throw that mechanic in there because it's true though. But I'm not gonna lie, like it didn't affect me. No, I, like, I yeah, love people, that. But I'm I love in killing them. Yeah, I I love that this game reminds you these are human because we're how many games do you play now where you're killing people and you you don't even bat yeah. an eye and in this game humans are screaming they're crying and they're calling out for their friends and this is super gory and yeah this and the yeah dog is dying too and this at first everybody gets that holy shit reaction and sometimes yeah. your companions will react this way too. Mm-hmm. And what I love is as the game goes on, not only you, but the characters are becoming desensitized to this as well. Yeah. And I think that was really smart. Um, what else? Yeah, uh, it's true. You you stop going from like, holy shit moments to uh, to like you kill an, an enemy and your player goes, dick. Yeah, they actually. Yeah. And that's how I would play. When I play multiplayer games, sometimes I'm like that. If some asshole snuck up on me. I mean, yeah. you, you could have hurt somebody, you fucking dick. Yeah. Oh, 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 the sneaking up, the um, the workbenches. Did something happen to you yes, when you were yes. at a workbench? Yeah, bench? that they, yeah, I, that was a I cool was moment. I was so happy they pulled a Bioshock type of scare because I don't yeah. see these anymore. Dangling that was the, brilliant. Dangling the upgrade in front of the player and to attack them from behind, I am so glad that they're but it's funny because they did it like while you're in the thing so yes. like you you hear it you hear it first and you go what and then like you see it and it's like oh okay. it terrified me i let out an audible gasp like oh my god and i had to like react to it on the spot oh it really great yeah uh um, i did not react to it only because something narratively had happened by that point that made me not care and i okay. was like good good do it <laughs> yeah um, uh, yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, we did that too, I think. Um, scripted running sections, if you know what I'm talking about, yeah. was very cool at the beginning of the game. And I'm like, wow, this is awesome. Uh, but as the game, the, the game went on, it annoyed me because there were moments where it, it became you couldn't tell if it was scripted or not. And you would waste a whole bunch of ammo. Yes. And then the game would be like, oh, never mind. Here, there's an easy way out of this. Yeah. I think I like that, though, because it, I don't know, to, to me, it's one of, like, there were times when the running was very obvious. And then there were times when I discovered the running. Um, 
after I had initiated combat. And I liked it because it made the world feel real to me. The same way that like things like accidentally knocking over a can on a table and having it roll off and whatever made the world feel real. The fact that, because it never felt, I don't know, maybe you just played differently, but I I never really found myself like, I just wasted all of my ammo and I'm just supposed to go through this door. That never happened to me. But sometimes it might be like, I've, I'm engaged in combat and I'm like, oh God, I'm taking, I'm taking damage. I need to heal. What do I do? And then I would like find an escape and I'd be like, oh, okay. That felt real to me. And I like that. There was one egregious offender I was referring to where um, you're in like a arena type battle and then you get saved by a couple people in a truck. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that's literally that just waited out until you get saved. And that was not clear at all. Yeah. That, that was a, I think I died like three times there. And then eventually I like, I hid to heal and then the truck showed up and I was like, Oh, howdy <laughs> yeah and it wasn't an uncharted scripted way of telling you that's going to happen like oh yeah the the helicopter's coming we need to fight off the enemies until it comes like indicating there's a timer that you have to survive until you get saved that's totally fine but in this like it, I think, it was frustrating i think i disagree with you though because that makes it feel real. Because to me, I mean, yeah, it's frustrating that, like, I was dying and stuff. But the thing is, like, I don't, especially in a game like The Last of Us, I don't want that gamification where it tells me, you know, survive two minutes. Because at least in a lot of games for me, like, when I get a timer, that annoys me. Because I'm like, why am I going to do, like, I just have to survive. Oh, no, no, I'm not saying, like, a literal timer, put it on the screen and wait it out. I'm saying narratively indicate to me that this is an area um, where... But... Um, Go ahead. Yeah, I get what you're saying, but think about it in real life. If you were that person and you're in this place and you start getting attacked by people, how are you going to know that people are showing up in a truck? Because that happens by like, it's pure happenstance. Yeah, you know, you're not supposed to so know I that. Like, I like, because my reaction after having died three times, when a truck just showed up out of nowhere, I went, oh, thank God. And that was the reaction that they were trying to elicit from the character that they also got out of me, you know? But then, I just wish it wasn't so scripted. You know, I wish it was more authentic. Because as soon as the truck came in, I'm like, this kind of invalidated everything I've done up until this point. Because then that just happened and bailed me out. I guess. I think we can And I don't play games for reality. I play for the video game. I I think I I really like the narrative and the environment and feeling... And it's not saying, like, everything has to be realistic, but feeling like it's real to that world. And to me, stuff like that in this game felt real to that world. And so I never was like, oh, I wasted bullets. I mean, I, I was like that a few times on stream. I was like, oh, man, I just wasted so much ammo. But I wasn't, like, mad at it because it felt real to me for that world. And, like, especially for a game like The Last of Us, I'm here for the world and, and the narrative and so I was okay with it, but I see where you're coming from. Yeah, because maybe that's a bad example, but in one of the boss fights, um, like when Nick and I were talking about earlier, I dumped all my ammo into the guy, and then I get saved by my companion as soon as I get grabbed. I'm like, that invalidated everything I did before, me thinking I was being you know, good and clever at the game, only to find out I could have avoided this whole encounter without dumping all my ammo into this thing. Don't you... In those sections, though, don't you have to make it to a certain point of combat, though? Like, you have to... 
survive a certain amount of time before that'll like happen. Like if you just run up to them and get clapped, like at the beginning, I don't think, I don't know. I, I'm guessing, and I, I'm not going to lie. I'm not, my, I'm not 100% sure of which one you're referring to, uh, just cause okay. my mind is hazy at this point. Uh, but there are like boss encounters where like eventually a cutscene will trigger like baby bosses where you're like, you're fighting, you're fighting, you're fighting, you're fighting. And after you get a certain amount of hits in something will happen, whether that's you get saved by someone else or you pull off like a, a kill or whatever it is. I don't know if that's the case of the encounter you're referring to, but I, I don't know. I just didn't encounter those problems, but if you did encounter that kind of stuff often, then I'm sorry. That sounds garbage. <laughs> it's all right. Inventory <laughs> capacity just didn't make sense to me because there was that gun you had a pistol that holds has a clip that holds ten bullets. Mm-hmm. You're only allowed to hold sixteen bullets, so you your character just decide to leave that other clip half empty. Yeah, I, the game I'm, has like selective realism problems. There's also the fact that like I'm hiding behind a tree and an enemy is like, oh, I think I saw movement, and as they're walking around the tree, I just circle around to the other side, and they're yeah. like, oh, where'd they go? I lost them. I'm like, <laughs> are you kidding me? I'm right here, and my leg is sticking yeah, out. AI is and really smart. Them- yeah, until it's it really took them way dumb. too long to notice me too. It's like that that fuzzy noise indicating an enemy might spot me goes on for like thirty seconds before it triggers. I'm like, all right, I'm glad they didn't notice me because I don't feel like fighting right now. But come but on, <laughs> I love when they I did notice that. you. I, I loved when they hmm. did notice you. They would call it. He's in there, or he's behind the tree, yeah. or he's trying to flank or something. I yeah, I thought cool. that was really cool. But yes, they would. They were either really smart or really yeah, like yeah, they, got, they don't they don't realism. they're like baby they don't have object permanence when they think you you're they don't see you they think you disappeared. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I think it it puts into play the like the gamification that we've seen in other games. Like I think it's like Splinter Cell or something where you used to have the mechanic where it would show where they last saw you so that you could leave somewhere else. It does that but without like showing it to you. Right. Cuz I guess that's how like it would work, right? You know, you think someone's somewhere, you go look in that spot. I, I do see where you're coming from, but it didn't necessarily bother me, that aspect of it. Because I, I, I tried to use it to my advantage in combat if I did get spotted. I then, liked the glass smashing mechanic a lot. <laughs> oh, yes, you can smash uh, glass in this game, and you can loot things that are behind glass and stuff like that, and it's, it's nice. That. Okay, we're, uh, we're just over an hour in, so... Any last things we want to hit before we potentially vote and then go into spoiler territory? Uh, should TJ Just... ask us questions if he has them, since we have them here for non-spoilers? Sure, uh... TJ or Amanda, if you if you have any questions. So, uh, if you compare the first game and this game side by side and look uh-huh. at all the categories, would you say that this is better all around? Or would you say that it's about the same, but with better graphics? This game would... is, in my opinion more technically proficient in nearly every aspect and when it succeeds it succeeds more than the last of us but ultimately when you're looking at the whole and you're looking at the failures of this game and the failures of the last of us uh there's no question that the original last of us is better than this one yeah i think the graphics are the only thing it does better go ahead nick yeah when you're making a sequel you're gonna obviously get compared to the original so they were setting themselves up right there it's obviously the the first one's going to be better i think usually they just they handled a lot of the things they tried to repeat in the last of us 2 they handled it better in the first one because i think it came across more natural 
And um, I think they just had lightning original. in a bottle with the first one. I think they just everything fell into place perfectly in the first one yeah. because those same elements there are the only ones that I like in this one. And um, I know we've been shitting on the game this whole time, but I will say the game was probably the best part out of gameplay versus narrative. Well, yeah, yeah, gameplay is better than narrative. Yeah, hold triangle though to load <laughs> <laughs> to load your levels. Hold triangle to obtain the next area. But yeah. that this is not the only game that does that. Final Fantasy VII did that same thing, but this one was more apparent and more frequent. I will say. I don't know, that sounds like a problem, though, especially with a game like this where if the narration really isn't up to par, then you're just like, why am I playing this? Especially if you're playing 28 hours in and you're just like long stints of what am I doing? Why are we still walking? Well, okay, yeah. so without saying anything about the story, there's a huge divide in whether people yes. like it or not. And Kojima... You know, he's he's rode this line before. He has betrayed his audience before. Some called him a genius. And for some, it was stupid. And that was almost career suicide. And eventually, Kojima had to give the audience what they wanted so he could stay, so his franchise could stay alive. Um, yeah, and here I think they betray you. They want you to feel these feelings. Mm. And whether that's good or bad, is subjective we'll, and that's we'll talk why about it in in a few minutes right but that's yeah yeah it's... and my favorite director namura tetsuya namura does the same thing in kingdom hearts except those choices were never offensive oh, or um it, 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 they never <laughs> exhausted me it's just they're divisive you made a choice you move on to the next game this is the, i this is the only game i've ever played that i had a gut reaction of i don't want to continue playing this game because i'm so riled up about what i'm doing and some may may uh consider that genius because it made you feel some way yep maybe. and some won't so made me feel some way but if the way you feel is i don't want to play anymore that's a problem well, Metal Gear is literally called the Phantom Pain, and he's like, "Yeah, I want to leave you with a Phantom Pain." So, the artist wants to leave you feeling some type of way, and he ought they, whether or not they succeed, they they succeed, I think, in what they wanted you to feel. Uh, yeah. Whether or not we like that, I is, it's up to up to you. That's exactly my main thought on the game. It's I think it it is actually a narrative success. In terms of accomplishing its goals, uh, but we need to discuss whether we like that narrative and whether we like what they did to accomplish that. Yeah, fair enough. Amanda, my main question is like replayability. Would you play it again? No, no, nope. <laughs> um, that's a great I, question, a, though. It is. This is a yeah. very long game, too. This is for John yeah. twenty-seven hours. Uh, I, actually, I looked at it. It's closer to twenty-eight, but yeah, yeah. And there is a new well. game plus, so they want you to replay it. The but thing I is, won't. the 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 big uh, thing for me, and again, like I think I have sold myself, or I've marked myself as like I guess the narrative guy or whatever. Like, I don't want a or not that I don't want it, but like I don't care about having a super hard challenge in the game. I don't care. Like, I just I want to experience. Whether it's a story or, like, even if it's a platform or whatever, I want to have the experience and enjoy that. And the experience made me feel so disgusting for almost half the game 
that I don't think I could do that again. I because I could hardly do it the first time. Like it, it made me feel borderline sick. Hmm. I I almost forgot. I there were some minor bugs, but there's like a big one that we hit. Uh, oh my Palazzo, god! Yeah. <laughs> because this game has been delayed how many times? So, um, Palazzo was given a prompt to grab a stalker behind a desk, and the zombie got stuck in angel pose and <laughs> was fused to the desk, rendering it useless and no different than a piece of furniture. Even in The Last of Us One, I did not find a, a bug like this. So that took yeah. us right out. I had some bugs in The Last of Us, and in, in this one, the things that stood out to me were. Models just looked weird sometimes, uh, especially like getting in or out of water. Like sometimes they just looked strange. I was there like, were instances of uh, textures animation. popping in, a lot of popping in textures in a couple places. Yeah, I didn't have too much of that, but I did have just like weird looking textures and weird animations sometimes, like in swimming or whatever. Sometimes I'd look at a character and be like, "What are you doing?" Do we feel like we're ready to do a vote and move on to spoiler section? I yeah, yeah, think All right. so. So, in the case of The Last of Us Part 2, Nicholas Benetatos, how do you vote? Oh my god. Okay. Uh, you know what? Considering you voted no on the first game. Thumbs down on this game. Uh, Gremlore, fucking kill this game off in the Coliseum. I don't want to see it anymore. Just, <laughs> you should not buy this game. Palazzo? So... I think there's a major issue when a video game halfway through makes you want to not continue to play that game uh, to the point of being <laughs> almost offensive. However, I do think it is a game you should experience for yourself mm-hmm. rather than just listening to opinions on it. But mm-hmm. I can't justify spending $60 for that experience because you could get it by watching a playthrough on YouTube, mm-hmm. like ours. <laughs> but um, either wait for a sale or watch it elsewhere. Um, do not buy it right now. Palazzo's disclaimer on his opinion is very similar to the one I was going to give. I will say I have teetered between the two since I finished the game. At the end of the first day, I was very strong in the buy it category. Halfway through the second day, I was very strong in the do not buy it category. Um, ultimately, and we'll talk about why when we get into spoilers, but ultimately I have to give it a very like reluctant, you should not buy. Um, because yeah, you can get the experience watching it and like see the story that they want to tell, but it forces you to do so many things you don't want to do for so long and it makes you feel so bad. And this is not even like a moral, like, "Mm," like, but you just, I just felt gross and i hated it and the fact that it forces it on you for so long that's why like i could never see myself replaying this game at least not for a very long time and i think if you're a fan of the last of us you you kind of owe it to yourself to experience the narrative just to see where it goes so if you think you can put up with that kind of torture like maybe it's worth a buy (laughs) for you but generally speaking like yeah go watch the 28 hours that i went through or whatever (laughs) And, like, and get get the story, or watch, like, I guess all the cutscenes or whatever. It just sucks because also, like, that gameplay and those feelings are such a big part of the narrative it's telling. Um, 
but ultimately it's just you feel so bad that i don't know that it's worth spending 60 dollars on i'm yep. so glad i didn't <laughs> I'm so glad. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Nick. <laughs> so, in the case of The Last of Us Part 2, by unanimous vote, you should not buy it, though. <laughs> Stay away. I mean, you guys don't have to. Put, put sound effects of Grimlore killing the game. Fire explosion. Hey everyone, this is John Carlo from the future with a super quick note before I let you guys go. We had so much to talk about with The Last of Us Part 2 that we actually decided to split this episode into two parts. So, right now you are reaching the end of Part 1, the spoiler-free review. Hopefully you've had a chance to kind of make up your opinions and decide whether you're going to buy the game or not. Now, if you don't care about hearing spoilers, whether you've played the game already or you don't plan on playing it or you just straight up don't care, there's going to be an additional episode uploaded this week, which is a full hour long, just like this one, where we discuss why we voted the way we did in more detail, discussing spoiler details and how we did or did not like them. Now, before I let you guys go, if you're hearing this at the time of recording, that means there are about two weeks left in our Indiegogo. As of today, we actually hit 18% of our goal, so we wanted to give a real quick thank you again to all of our founding parents. That is Adriana Larcón, Juan Sorrilla, Will Williams, Anne Baird, Jerry Benetados, Katrina Scott, Carolina Riverol, and Alejandro Alarcón. Thank you all so much for your support. It really means the world to us. And if you're listening to this right now and you want to support, as of today, any donation of any amount to our Indiegogo, be that $1 or $1 million, means you will get lifetime access to our Discord, which is usually reserved for our supporters on Patreon. On our Discord, you'll be able to chat with us about our content and also decide what future content is going to look like. So if you want to be a part of our community, now is a really fantastic time to get in on that at any price you want. We want to get as many people in here as possible. So please go check that out. And one final thing. If you haven't been listening to our other podcast, Dungeons & Drimbus, it's an actual play D&D podcast, which I think a lot of this audience might like. And this weekend, our first mini three-episode arc is coming to a close. To celebrate that, we'll be live-streaming TTRPG games Friday, Saturday, and Sunday on the Whimsic Productions YouTube channel. So make sure you're subscribed there and you're following us everywhere so that you can be a part of that when we go live. Thank you all so much for listening, and... We hope to see you in the spoiler episode whenever you're ready. I'll get out of your hair. See you next week.